You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Sometimes a business opportunity is too good to pass up, and after years working in sports events, Ellie took over an events management business herself. And what a learning curve it was. Fortunately, like any successful business owner, she was supported by people who could mentor her in business. In this episode, Ellie talks about the highs and lows of her career and what convinced her that taking over an events business needed to be her next move. Okay, Ellie, so you've gone through your 20th almond latte at a different cafe with a different person. How did you realise out of all of those conversations where you wanted to go? Out of one of those coffees, I actually got my next job. Athlete services coordinator is what the role was called, and I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) But it essentially meant the admin behind running triathlons, fun runs and bike rides. So that was the first thing that came out of those coffees, kind of the first opportunity that presented itself. So you got a job there. What were you doing? I was part of the team running, in the background, running triathlons. We would be, so at an event, we would be there from three o'clock on site setting up, 3am in the morning on a Saturday, Sunday. We'd be preparing packs, coordinating lots of different suppliers on site at the athlete hub. And then we'd have other guys on the road setting up all of the tracks that people would run the races on. They were crazy days. We'd be there on site from 3am and probably finish at around six o'clock at night. And I started there as they were running into event season. So event season in triathlons is from around October to February, March. And I realised pretty quickly in doing that role that that wasn't something that I wanted to be doing for a long time. So I another coffee was in order and I actually ended up um, applying for a role as an event manager with SME, um, with running the triathlons. After that, I decided to interview for another role as an event manager at the Collingwood Football Club. First interview, they said no, I wasn't experienced enough. Come back to us at a later stage. Out of interest, how did you take that, someone turning around saying, no, you're not for us, you're not experienced enough? So the interview process for it, I had to send in a resume and then I also had to create a short video of myself explaining who I was and what I'd done. I did both of those things and then I went into the first interview and to be honest, I walked out of there feeling a bit shell-shocked. The role that I was applying for, I was totally out of my depth and... I felt a bit embarrassed, to be honest, that I had even kind of put my hat in the ring. But in saying that, the experience, looking back on that now, I couldn't be probably more proud of myself for putting myself out there. I think rejection hurts. It's a bit of a bruise to the ego and you kind of reflect and think, oh, well, I'm not good enough. At the time it hurt, but I think looking back, it was a really great experience. It gave me experience for the next role that I interviewed for, which ultimately I ended up landing. So all of those bad experiences actually turn into learnings really for whatever comes next. So after this experience with the Collingwood Football Club, where was your next opportunity? So I interviewed for that role. I thought it went terribly. They called me and said I didn't get the job. I was so flat. Um, And then funnily enough, about four weeks later, I got a call from someone at the Essendon Footy Club and they had heard that this young girl had 
applied for a role. She wasn't quite ready as an event manager, but would she be interested in applying for an event coordinator role? So that was pretty exciting. I got the tap on the shoulder to say, we'd love for you to apply. The industry's small. I mean, everyone knows everyone. So it was just sheer coincidence that someone else was hiring for a similar role. So yeah, I did two interviews with Essendon and I ended up landing a gig as an event coordinator. The Collingwood situation didn't work out. You knew that based on what you've just said. The Collingwood Football Club probably knew that you didn't have the experience to be an event manager at that particular time, but they still chose to interview you. So that's a positive. And then along comes the Eston Football Club who says, uh, yeah, we don't know much about you, but we're willing to give you a go. What is it about you that comes across as, as, as positive in that situation? The effort that I went to, I think that I showed real interest in the role. You know, as I said, I created a video about myself. I was eager. I was on time to the interview. And I think that they just saw that I really wanted, I I was passionate. I was really excited by the opportunity. I didn't have the skills that were required for the role, but I think it was more about my kind of willingness to put myself out there. I can imagine myself back then. I would have been super shy and awkward, but really, really keen and interested. So I think they would have, that probably would have shone through and perhaps that's why they decided to interview me and put me forward. I'm not sure. So in terms of the Essendon Football Club, was it just simply they gave you a phone call and said, this is the opportunity, we want you for it? Or did they make you go through an interview process? The lead that was hiring for that role had previously worked at Collingwood, so she'd um, asked if they had any any candidates. My name got put forward and then I sat two interviews, so one interview with the head of HR and the event manager, um, and then my second interview was with one of the commercial services managers and the event manager as well. So that, I can tell you, is a very daunting process for a girl who feels like a bit of a fraud even being in the interview to then sitting in front of three senior people at the club. I felt pretty, pretty nervous. What were they asking you? What I'd worked on before. So I had worked on major events. I'd worked as a coordinator running some of the Athlete sites, as I said before, I'd worked in the administration side, so preparing all of the collateral and the materials ahead of an event. The things that they really wanted to know, though, was, you know, what type of person would I be in that role? I think in events, the skills that you learn for events, they can be learned, but you just have to be willing to learn them and a good person to to work with. You know, you need to be able to accept criticism and constructive feedback. You need to be well organised and diligent in every task that's put in front of you. And I think those are probably the things that I recognised in myself. What sort of events does an AFL club run? I was really fortunate. Essendon's a really big club, so we'd run lunches for the Dreamtime match for Anzac Day. Um, We would have dignitaries there so we had the prime minister attend one of our events we have the governor general and you know some really well recognized names and faces in the sporting community so they were really fun so their corporate lunches used to run sport clinics for young kids and members of the club we used to run family days so large scale events we have thousands of people and you know showcase the players in the club and put on lots of activities throughout the day to encourage people to come and be part of the sporting community. 
So when you've got dignitaries, uh, corporate ambassadors, prime ministers in the room for an event, that's a pretty pressurised environment. How did you handle it? With a lot of organisation, to be honest, I think the main thing is the more organised I was, the less nervous I was. In events, one thing that you need to be very good at is time management. And so I think knowing minute by minute, hour by hour, what was going on at events definitely made me relax a lot more. And then just experience as well as you run these things and you become more comfortable in your role and what you have to do on the day. I think that you naturally learn to just enjoy it and relax a little bit more. You had an amazing career pathway at the Essendon Football Club, but then your father-in-law came to you with an opportunity that he'd identified and you jumped at it. Yeah, so um, the opportunity for BCC came about. I was working at Essendon. I was loving the role there, but I'd kind of maxed out where I was at. In a season, all of the events that we run in the calendar roll over year on year. I'd been there, I think, for three seasons at that point and kind of realised that my learning had maxed out. And then my father-in-law tapped me on the shoulder. One of his clients was actually looking to retire from her business, which is BCC Management, and they ran professional conferences and business events. So Stu came to me and said, you know, would that be something, would I want to run my own business? Is that something that I'd entertain? And to be honest, I, when he presented the opportunity, I said no. <laughs> no. Um, that's Why too- is that? Why did you say no? It was a straight up no. There wasn't any consideration. It was just, no, I don't want to run my own business. I've never run conferences before. And that seems like it's a step too far in terms of a challenge. But I guess he just said, sit with it. I think this is a really great opportunity. And, you know, you need to embrace what this could potentially be. So I thought about it. I met with the previous business owner, so Roz, and sat down with her and kind of learned the landscape of what she did as a business owner and what types of events they ran. Yeah, that's when I started to think, oh, maybe I could do that. Maybe that's not that hard and maybe it is a really great opportunity. As I keep saying throughout this, it wasn't something that felt really comfortable to me. I was super nervous. I kind of felt like a bit of an imposter. But over time and as I learned more and more about her role and what what it looked like. Yeah, I decided to make the leap and took over BCC. So was there some sort of a a handover period between the two of you where she guided you along as to what needed to happen and where the business could go when she was there for continual support when and if you needed her? So that was one thing when we talked about the transition was I felt that I needed a lot of support. So I asked her to stay on for six months while I transitioned into the business. Surprisingly, I think after about three or four months, I realised that I probably didn't need the hand-holding anymore. Did you have that conversation with her? Yeah, I did. And how did that go? Really well. She um, was so understanding of my position. She's an incredible person, and I think she also recognised the stage that I was at and that I was on top of things and raring to go. So... In that four-month process, what was she teaching you about running your own business? When I took over the business, I didn't know what a P&L was. I didn't know what a balance sheet was. I didn't know how to run a conference. I hadn't written minutes or prepared an agenda for a meeting. I was so green and so inexperienced. I can't even tell you where I started. I think I tried to tread water and 
panicked but you know and then I learned the steps and the skills to do my role along the way. Now I've never been to a, a BCC management conference but I have been to several conferences. How do you ensure that for your customers and for their customers or uh, the people involved in their member organisations that you're putting on a, a conference that doesn't bore them to tears? Look, we hear that so often. I've been to a conference, it was really dry, it was really boring. And I think that, I think that's a missed mark. I think you, you have to create an experience. You can't put on a keynote speaker and think that that's going to cut the mustard and that's going to get people to walk away and rave about your event. I think making sure that you engage with your audience and have a really thorough understanding of who is coming to these events and what they want to get out of it they're paying a lot of money to be there, so you need to put in an experience that makes them feel something. Learning something is not good enough now. I think making sure people walk away with an overarching feeling of what that conference did to them is probably our main driver and our main aim. And I guess the other side to, to it as well is the networking experiences. Networking in my life and my career has been so important and I value that so highly so when you come to a conference you're surrounded by professionals in your industry you want to meet them you want to know who they are and what they're doing and so creating experiences that get people to connect is also a huge driver for us as well it's a really big thing putting on a conference. I mean, you've got all sorts of staff members involved. So you've got front of house, you've got kitchen staff, you've got presenters, performers, trade shows. That all comes back to managing a team. How do you manage a team? Planning is probably the most important when working with a team. So making sure we're all on the same page, that communication lines are always open, that everyone feels like their voice can be heard and that if they have any problems that you know, I'm the person that they can talk to about that. You know, on event day, if there's something going wrong with the food or the catering's behind schedule or the entertainment hasn't arrived or they're not ready in time, you know, we need to be across all of the different facets that are happening at that event. We need to know about them. So I think making sure that everyone feels heard and comfortable to speak up is really important. And I think being organised, making sure that you know what's going on at every point throughout the day Events are time critical, so making sure everyone is organised and also shares that understanding is what gets us over the line and make sure that we run really fantastic conferences that people aren't bored at and they want to come back to. <laughs> well, I'll let you know after I've been to one of yours, but I'm sure I'll, yes. I'll be entertained. <laughs> when you're looking at hiring people to be involved in that, what sort of skills and what sort of personality uh, appeal to you? We are looking for people with really great communication skills that are able to ha handle challenges. In events, we are faced with challenges all the time. Um, so I think people that are able to think on their feet is really important. But I think overall, you don't need to have a huge amount of experience in events. I think you learn that over time. If we can find the right person that can learn how to do the job, that's what we're looking for, is someone that we want to work with that's going to be able to learn the skills. Those baseline communication skills and time management skills are absolutely critical. So what's the future of live conference events then? In the short term, I think it looks like hybrid events are going to be integral to our industry over the next two years particularly. I think making sure that we engage people 
who are attending online and in person and making both of those experiences really worthwhile is going to be absolutely critical to moving forward. But long term, look, I'm still navigating that. I'm not too sure what events will look like, but I am excited to see it. What's your advice for the students coming through about making an impact in the events industry? Just be yourself. If you have an idea, then share it. If you are interested, then tap someone on the shoulder and catch up with them and learn about the industry. The jobs that are available to students in their future, they probably don't even exist right now. So be creative, learn from other people and share your experiences. Ellie Dickinson, thank you very much for sharing some time with us and good luck with the rest of your career. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. Some great insight there from Ellie about the future of events, both in person and online. As Ellie's story proves, while it can be challenging, the events industry is an exciting one. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production.